Hello, and welcome to another edition of Cybersecurity Chronicles. I'm joined today by Stanley Lee and Sean Mahoney of NetSwitch. Hey, James. Hi, James. Hello, both. Good to be back with you. So we have a topic for uh, today's podcast, and we are talking about ransomware, but we're talking specifically about the return of Riot ransomware. So Riot ransomware is not a term that I was familiar with <laughs> very long ago, but it's a, it seems like a pretty scary uh, version of ransomware. Um, would, so, Sean, would you like to give us your best shot at explaining what Riot ransomware is and how it's maybe different from other forms of ransomware? Well, we know this ransomware will never go away. That's what we can talk about. <laughs> uh, would you like me to start instead? Well, <laughs> that's a great way to start off the podcast here. <laughs> um, did, I throw you under, did I throw you under the bus? Though, sure. a, a little bit, yeah. Okay. All right. I suggested this topic for our podcast episode, right? So I'm fully guilty of that. So maybe I should start with what, what I discovered. Yeah, I say, where did you come across it that it caught your attention? Well, what's interesting is that I'm um, – so I actually saw it mentioned in a Facebook group for MSPs. And this is quite a big group, quite a lot of MSPs in there. And, and there was a post in there mentioning that this MSP was mentioning one of their clients had been affected with Riot ransomware recently. And um, they were asking for advice amongst their peers about how, how best to deal with that. And they were explaining – the, the the situation of how they came to 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 find out that their client actually had Riot. So um, they actually explained that the the attack happened on a weekend, starting around midnight on Friday, and the client didn't know anything that had happened until they'd returned to work on Monday. Mm. So it, they they go on to explain uh, that it's quite common for in this form of ransomware Riot for 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 people to essentially camp in your network and just watch and not do anything for quite some time and actually wait for period of, of inactivity to go rooting around looking for vulnerabilities and and ways to extract valuable information from your network and and turn that into a ransom demand so typically a lot of this activity happens in the night or over the weekend, when obviously less attention is being paid to the traffic going on on their network. So that was that was kind of struck me as interesting that that hackers are not just doing this during Monday to Friday Eastern time, right? They are they are literally camping in your network and waiting for the most vulnerable time um, overnight and over the weekend to exploit opportunities and vulnerabilities in your network. Yeah. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it is. Riot's been around for a couple of years. It's a, a banking Trojan ransomware that uh, usually is, they, they refer to it as big game hunter. And so usually they're going after bigger targets than just the small to mid-sized businesses that we typically deal with. But it is a fairly pervasive uh, ransomware throughout the industry right now. Um, yeah, I, I was just recently on a call with the FBI and InfraGuard and, um, you know, right now there's probably about 20 different strains of ransomware that the FBI is tracking through the uh, Critical Infrastructure Security Agency. Um, so these, these ransomwares typically are going to sit there in somebody's network and they lay things typically across the HR department because there's a lot of personal information being exchanged with HR. So it's there looking for things. It lays things across finance. And then it looks for ways to identify 
the hierarchy of users and their activities within the infrastructure. And it tries to capture things that would be confidential information so they can uh, escalate their admin credentials. And that's what they're looking to do. And so oftentimes it does, their activities are in after hours when people aren't on the network actively looking for things to be done. Uh, and so they can do them in the shadows. And so as you're right, it's sort of like somebody breaking into your house in the middle of the night while you're out. It's, it is a bit pervasive and it's a bit of a violent personal violation with people digging through your personal stuff. So um, they also take that time to look through databases within the company to identify where the richest data may be that may be embarrassing to the company, may be valuable to the company. So that the ransomware has the ransom attack itself has some value. So when they say we want X amount of Bitcoin from you, you're likely to pay it one because you need that information back or two, you don't want that information getting out into the public. You don't want it publicly known that you were breached because it's going to be embarrassing. Um, and it, it could adversely affect your, your brand reputation, your company reputation. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, in all of these things, so many times people think that cybersecurity is expensive. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily always expensive. There are tools out there that are, there are tools out there that are highly sophisticated and companies that are in certain industries or have certain requirements for compliance. They need to have them. They need to have people run those things. So they either have an internal team to do it or they hire somebody like uh, a managed uh, security company to track those things. Well, certainly the ransom is expensive, right? I believe the average is about, you mentioned Bitcoins, about 48 Bitcoins, which time of that used to be $750,000 is rapidly going up uh, as of right now in dollar value. So um, well, there were two, two things that really struck me about this. So first of all, the the... the the fact that you've got a human being camped in, literally on your network as if they were actually in the office with you, they're literally surveilling what you're doing and they are just waiting for an opportune moment. They're, they're rustling around, they're looking for the safe, they're, they're trying to crack the code, get it open, they're seeing what's hidden behind the, 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 your desk, right? They're, they're looking for stuff without you noticing them. Right. That for me is a, is a very, very scary, very creepy visual but i i I just associated ransomware with computers and software and very impersonal stuff but actually this is very personal very real it's no different from having someone break into physically break into your office premises and literally (laughs) ransack your office right that was the first thing that struck me the second thing was was the so the intelligence that they use to try and find these vulnerabilities because again so when um when so this in back to this msp group and this person that posted about this issue uh, actually somebody responded and they said that they saw a similar attack the attack was an active connection from a live person actively scanning their network and so when the msp interrupted he found windows opens all kinds of stuff including a network scanner several command prompts and a performance monitor to watch encryption performance and this was all way off hours so uh, this is like a, a very serious, very experienced, very skilled hacker, literally camping and watching and rooting around inside your network uh, full time. They're probably not doing anything else uh, at this point. That's so the contents of your jewelry box and your safe all strewn across your bed as they're picking through the good stuff. 
and and they go on to say that they they also look for people that are on vacation as well. So if if an if a, a, me- a member of the of the business is on vacation, they can spot the out of office vacation message, and they can then they know that they can then route around as them, and there's going to be less chance that somebody will catch them using their credentials potentially to access you know uh, pr- private information or private uh, resources. That's correct. So this is pretty scary, incredibly sophisticated stuff, and. You made the point that Riot was initially targeted at enterprises, and it, and that's true. But increasingly, that, that that is coming down the food chain because there are reports of uh, of uh, IT services companies, law firms, office furniture companies, and hospitals all being hit with Riot ransomware. It's not just the big Fortune five hundreds. Is that correct? That's correct, and, and it's really just opportunities now with so many people working remotely. It's just opportunities, and the finding the biggest. Uh, access point is the remote desktop the rdp and so that's what people are leaving open and that's the way they're finding their ways in interesting poor configurations so stanley we've we've been dominating so far what is your no, um, of course you know to me this is all news right i mean this is nothing new has been around for years and um, you're talking about scary, and my scary moments are what we, they call the camfecting, right? So you got somebody actually remotely turn on your webcam and watching you typing the keystrokes, watching the whole nine yards, and and now you see all those laptops and actually have a little window that you can slide in and out because of those problems. Those are really scary and you won't even know they turn up. But of course, you know, those might be just, uh, uh, you know, personal attack or or they're not really looking for financial gains. But now, of course, it's going into the mainstream. It becomes a business, James. And that's why you see more and more of those. And in our industry is, you know, we talked about events, persistent threats, it sits into it sits inside your network for over two hundred days at the time, and and actually watching every single step of what you do, and the CEO scams and you know the phishings, and they know the CEO went out on a phishing trip today, and that's why you know or go somewhere, and then they send a message to the secretary. Oh, can you? You know, while I'm out at wherever, you know, can you wire this uh, fund to this new this bank account? And it just happened. And it just somebody, you know, the, the, all of these is nothing new. But to to me, it's very surprising. Just like what Sean has said, as simple as staff awareness training, as low as like a cup of coffee a month per user, and people mm-hmm. still don't want to do it companies still don't want to exercise those star awareness staff awareness training to watch how for this you know phishing emails and you know now the automated tools to train the staff to watch out for this type of thing and it's a button that you hit to to analyze it for you and that's the part that really surprised me that you know, people don't take advantage of those those low cost tools that it's been out there on the internet everywhere, and it's still happening. Those phishing attack is still happening. Of course, a lot to do with human errors, and of course, the the cyber criminals are getting smarter and smarter. 
And James, you mentioned about, you know, it feels like somebody's sitting in there all the time watching you, but now it's actually all robot. It's all AI is sitting behind it. And it's it, 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 these type of tools or hacking techniques can be sold on the dark web. And we can actually go into the dark web and buy these tools as part of our penetration testing. It's we, all ransomware as a service now. Yeah, you know, and and, and it, it becomes a, you know, it basically it's a franchise, it's a business that being run in the dark web. So, unfortunately, you have so many companies out there running ransomware right now where they they find the way in, and then they sell the sell the instructions of how to get into the network to a bunch of other people on the dark web, and it's like it's like breaking the front window of a department store, and then charging access to get into it so people can go loot it. That's what's going on right now. And so Stanley said, it's right. It's automated tools that are finding ways in and finding way, what might be a value there. They find anything, then somebody goes in. So in this particular case, they had automated tools looking around for keywords, keywords, key structures, uh, with, and hoping nobody's paying attention. And once they found it, then somebody went in and started opening windows and was actively looking around for stuff. So they also looking for patterns, James. And it's just like, yeah. you know, they know that you leave your home at eight o'clock and they know you come back at six o'clock so they can continue to do things. You know, it, it, it becomes so smart that from ransomware and then it becomes ransomware as a service. And then now it's just being operated by, you know, organizational crimes or uh, organizational crimes. And that's how they can generate revenue. Or even they talk about, you know, in the FBI InfoGuard, talk about state-owned criminals that do this type of uh, ransomware attack. So, uh, yes, it is very scary, James. I agree with you. And then, of course, that to us, it's, yes, it's still something that we have to deal with from a daily perspective. You know how do we how do we continue to increase our client cyber postures, and you know part of what we talk about you know now pen tests it becomes more cheaper and cheaper, and people should do that on more automatic. We got to use machine to fight machines, and right now a lot of times that we are surprised is still it's we are using manual to fight machines. And that's what you are referring to, the ransomware. It's being run by machines. It's being run by IA. But a lot of organizations still using manual process to fight this type of automation attacks. So, yeah, it is still very scary. <laughs> Essentially, there are, there are multiple ways that organizations can protect themselves from, from, from this kind of activity. Is that fair to say? Just to sum up for, uh, to, and, and give me hope. <laughs> oh, I, 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 you, you, you are one of those, you know, people that who are aware of this type of situation. Because once you read a story like this, you are aware of it. The next time you turn on your computer, looking at your email, you will be more aware of it. And that's what we want to bring, you know, talk about this in the podcast is just to bring up the awareness educate the staff and talk about this. And we did that for our client just to half an hour, one hour and, you know, even half an hour. And the way that we talk about it when we educate our client staff is not talking about anything fancy or expensive. 
as we right. said, they go to last pass. If you, <laughs> everybody can use the last pass and do that on, you know, the personal level is free to use that to manage your password, to generate more complex passwords, not just using one, two, three, four, five, six <laughs> as your password anymore. So these oh, are the things. Mine. It, it, <laughs> and these are the <laughs> things that, as I said, it's automatic. And you don't have to remember the password. You just need to remember one to get into LastPass. And then it can help you to do that. And as I said, to also looking for the lock sign when you go onto a certain website, all the websites, and these are the HTTPS. Mm -hmm. It's nothing uh, fancy, but just to train the people when they engaging it, watch out for, you know, uh, some email that is random from, uh, you know, what the email address, the return email address. It's just, you know, it might look suspicious. So these are the things that is free. And every day, if you can practice those things, just practice makes perfect, right? Just like everything else, you just need to continue to practice, talk about it, and we share those, you know, uh, tricks that the phishing uh, attackers, you know, send. I mean, the attackers would send out all those little things every day. Talk about it, try to repeat it, and it it, it will help the whole organization. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of free things, as Stanley said. There's, but it's password management. Get your employees to change their passwords on a regular basis. Use a password manager to maintain the complexity and the number of passwords that you need. Then you need to remember one master password to get into a password manager. Multi-factor authentication, fairly inexpensive for people to turn those features on and to use those. People are used to using it. If they're using online banking or any of those kind of sort of things, accessing personal information, personal financial information, they're used to using MFA. They get a text with a code. They put it in. Um, email filtering. And again, that education of your employees so they're aware of it. It's not that you're going to fix everything overnight, but they're aware of it. When they start becoming aware of it, even you, James, when you're aware of things, you start applying it to your personal life. When you apply it to your personal life, then it becomes part of a routine. And when it's part of a routine, it leads over to personal and work. And so it's it's worth the effort to educate your employees to make them aware. And as I said, it's fairly inexpensive. We do this with customers. We do baseline education, we do fish testing, and we package it up with cybersecurity insurance, and it's all fairly cheap relatively to other cybersecurity tools. Well, Sean, that's great to hear. So uh, as we wrap up then, where, where should people go if they want to find out more about how, how you can help with education, training, uh, insurance, and, and other inexpensive tools? There, Honestly, there's a lot of things online from a lot of different people. They want to read some stuff that we do, they want to talk to us, then go to netswitch.net. But they can search for the stuff on whatever preferred search engine they like to use on a lot of these things. And there's a lot of information out there, but it does get confusing. So they just want to have a conversation, no strings attached, you know, reach out to us. I'm happy to talk to people. Awesome. Well, thanks so much both for explaining, um, filling me in a, a little bit more on the Riot ransomware background. And, I hope you're uh, not quite as frightened anymore. Yeah, it's it's definitely well. Again, I wanted to. It was my suggestion to talk about this as a topic because I think everything we can do to help make this threat more real to people and kind of uh, help knock them off their um, their, their you know their 
the the position of not really caring, frankly, which is what a lot of people just don't really care. The more we can do to educate them about that, then then the, the better the world will be. So um, thanks for sharing your insights. And for those people it. who were just like learning ride a bicycle, it might be difficult in the beginning, but once you learn it, you remember it for life, and it's no big deal. Absolutely. Well, thanks both uh, for, for for this episode, and um, I look forward to speaking on the next one. So great, thanks guys. Thanks, James. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.